in the Advent rhythm that we are in, we are joining with the church all over the globe who sort of step into this practice of the four Sundays that lead us to Christmas Day. And there's this dependable rhythm because there's a dependable God. And there's this rhythm of hope which was last week and today is peace. And it's important for us to remember and rehearse the story of God because if you're anything like me, there are other stories that are unfolding in your life that maybe cause you to forget. And so as we come again to this part of the calendar year, we're reminded that we as a local church are following Jesus together. We're really following Jesus together. And we're invited to always prioritize first and seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus' words in Matthew 6, are, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you. All the things we need in this life move towards us because of a generous God who is moving towards us. The goodness of God that's moving towards us. The, the awaiting and the angst and the discouragement that we often feel moves towards us in a God whose heart is to make all things right. We look to God and what only God can give. And there's really been this sense in our team and really in my heart that we would make room. That we wouldn't just fill up our days and our minds and our hearts with things that sort of press the reality of God to the edges, but we would choose and we would engage and we would even resist the creep of culture and the creep of busyness and the creep of discouragement. And we would just hold space for the presence of God to come. And so as we engage the scriptures today, I actually want to encourage you to let your life move into the presence of God. And so here's what I mean. Let's do a little practice. You want to practice? Okay, I'm going to put up three C's and just consider what maybe this next month looks like for you. And the first is this, your calendar. Everything gets slower, less crowded. You don't have anything to do. Nobody's asking you to go to parties, school events, work just stops completely. Y'all are like, what planet are you on? <laughs> Think about your calendar. See, I just know that there's this really wonderful thing. God loves to meet us in reality. And if the reality of your calendar is you are so overwhelmed and you're so overbooked and you're so taxed and stretched thin, you might have to ask, am I making any room for God in the rhythms of my Monday through Sunday? How's your calendar doing? What about your commitments? And again, I'm not going to put this on you. I have an amazing capacity to go, sure, I can add another thing. Sure, I can say yes to that. Oh, you want to get together? Yeah, let's try that. Let's do that. Yes, yes, yes. And then you know what happens? If you say yes to too many things, do you know what the inside of your world begins to scream? No! <laughs> no. No. We have to reevaluate the commitments of our life and our sort of rhythms. We need God to shake things 
and address our religion. And I'm not asking you to like become religious. I'm saying, is there room for a relational God to engage you and to meet you and to speak to you? And then the community. I mean, I just know we need people in our life who we can share our life with. We need people in our life who are going to pray with us and walk with us and join in the celebrations and the sorrow. We need people. These two refrains have just sort of anchored my spiritual journey over the last few months, and it's this, we need what only God can give. Therefore, are we making room for God to give to us? Are we receiving what only God can give, and we need each other? Are we experiencing the gift of community? And so I'll just give you all, all, you know, hundreds and gold stars, because you're here. This is actually living into that. And we need more than one meal a week. We need to experience God's presence ongoingly, and that is what we're going to see today because good news, salvation is coming. Okay, here, listen, the Texans play today, they're in the playoff hunt, maybe that's not your thing, the Rockets, like maybe your thing is like the best book and it finishes and you go, that was the best book. So we're going to respond with a little bit of Okay? And this is manufactured. I get that, but let our hearts lean in a little bit. Salvation is coming. Woo! Now, for the introverts among us, <laughs> let that settle your soul fresh and new today. And I just want you to breathe that in. Salvation is coming. It's hard to rejoice when we need salvation because salvation is the thing that rescues us. If we didn't need any salvation, it might be easier to rejoice, right? No? Does this make sense? This is the tension. This is the confusion sometimes of this life. Is I need saving from stuff that's not good, that's not great. Why would we need salvation? And so I just want to remind you, God wants to interact with you in the reality of life. If it is sorrow, salvation is coming. If it is the joy of all joys, good news, salvation is coming and it's going to be better. And so wherever you are on your journey, let God come and make room for the reality of God and the reality of your life. Amen? So here's a question for us. Is there anywhere in your life, in your world as you see it, or in the world as you see it, where we need peace? Okay, on three, confidently share your answer. One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. The scriptures repeatedly give us this encouragement. Peace is found in God's presence. This is why heaven will be peaceful. Because the presence of God will have full authority, full rule, full reign. We will live forever in the presence of God. Peace is found in God's presence. 
This is why when the New Testament scriptures say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, we can bet our lives on that because the Spirit of God is the giver of peace. When Jesus says, peace be with you, my peace I give to you, it's a trustworthy peace. Peace is found in God's presence, which is why we need to pay attention to our calendars. Am I making room for the presence of God to be my peace today? We look at our commitments. Are they stewarding an experience of the peace and the presence of God? Peace is found in God's presence. Am I sharing the presence of God with people? And I'll just be really truthful. In my experience of God's presence is God's presence is excited and welcome to show up well beyond this building well beyond a worship service, and that's good news. We can become people attentive to God's peace all day, every day, and when we aren't experiencing it, we can welcome it, and we can go, God, I need your peace. God, would you come and fill me with your peace, with your presence, because peace is found in God's presence. We, like the people of the Old Testament, want to be a people of God's presence. Peace is found in God's presence. And just don't take my word for it. Let's open up the scriptures today. We'll be in Isaiah 40. We've been trying to share the story of our church, and uh, we just want to say yes to the mission of God and the cities we love. And so we have an expression of our church family that is meeting as a house church. We call it Micro Vineyard Friendswood, and they meet Sunday in and Sunday out in a living room. And they are sharing these same scriptures. Now, that community is pastored by Dwayne and Sherry Harris. And it's an amazing thing where we're just going, God, where are you at work in our cities? What are you up to? And how is your kingdom expanding? And, and this is the work of a church family with multiple kingdom expressions like Casa Vina and Pastor Kevin Rivas and the community that's growing here. And so we want to see that we're a part of a community. And so when we open up the scriptures, we're reminded that God has been showing up in the earth with people throughout time. And so the Old Testament scriptures today in the reading from the Common Lectionary call us to Isaiah 40. And this was how we started our service as we lit the Advent candle. And so in Isaiah 40, we get this wonderful encouragement. Because peace is the way of God's kingdom. Peace is the way of God's kingdom. And so as we make room for peace, we're reminded that we can step into this story trusting God. So here we go. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. That her sin has been paid for. That she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Pause. On the chronological timeline, before Jesus on the cross pays for our sins, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been paying for sin. They've been doing the work of salvation. They've been doing the work of forgiveness. This is good news. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
Don't believe for a second that if you're in a desert season, God is not there doing work. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? You ever been there? What shall I cry, Lord? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Can you just let the scriptures give you hope today? That there is a peaceful work of God. There are promises that invite us to a God who is with us, who is paying the price, and who is tender and will lead us like a good shepherd. Yes, there's desert. Yes, there's rough stuff. Yes, there's ups and downs. But what is the cry and the promise of God's kingdom? It's going to be okay. It's actually going to be better than okay. God is at work. And what I love about this text, and again, we've sort of been inviting you, where does God, by the Holy Spirit, speak to you in the Scriptures? Because we can engage the Scriptures all the time. And we can realize that God's presence is meeting us all the time. And what I think this text and the ones that are going to follow point to what I have kind of highlighted on the screen in front of you. Peace is possible because of God's presence, promises, and patience. You're like, what? Like, can't God just hurry up? I just want God to make it right. Can I just be, tell I just want to tell you, the patience that God has for me is good news. <laughs> the patience that God has for me is good news. Will I be willing to be patient for others? The scriptures talk about the active nearness of God, that here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes, and he rules, and he's going to shepherd. And he promises to be with us, and he promises to come and engage with us, and he promises recompense, that he will pay the price, that he will come and make it all right. This is good news. This is just in one like part of scripture. There's peace for us today. 
And I just want to be really clear. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not anchoring our peace in circumstances. We need peace because stuff is not peaceful. I need peace because I'm prone to anxiety. I'm prone to worry. I'm prone to distress. I'm prone to go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) How's this going to work out? And every time I ask how's this going to work out, I'm reminded I'm not God. And I need what only God can give, which is an anchoring, faithful promise of his word. And his word is true because he's alive and he's at work and he's showing up. Amen? This is good news. This is just in the scriptures. Not just in Isaiah. Psalm 85. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. Go back one slide. Let's not read over it too quick. If God is restoring the fortunes of Jacob, what was Jacob experiencing before that? A lack of fortune or lost. Anybody there? It's what Advent reminds us. We wait. We long for heaven, the presence of God to come. And God is good because that kingdom is breaking in here and now. And yet we ask God, would you do more? You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. What does that mean the people were doing? With a little bit, what were the people doing? Sinning. So we shouldn't be surprised that we still have that need today. People, I won't put that on you. It's non-judgment. Like, this is why we need to read the Old Testament scriptures. Verse 8, I will listen to what God the Lord says. I will listen to what the Lord God says. He promises peace to his people. His faithful servants. But let them not turn to folly. Do you see that? He promises peace. And then we're reminded, don't turn. Don't turn. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. That his glory may dwell in our land. In us. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. They are close. They are connected. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Righteousness goes before him. We, at times, want all the good stuff God gives without God. And we cannot separate them. 
We need what only God can give. And he's saying, come step into the story of my presence and my nearness. If you want peace, you want heaven. And the king of heaven and the presence of God in that place is what issues in a peaceable kingdom. We need what only God can give. This is the story God has been writing all along. And it's his presence and it's also his promises. So what do you think about when God promises things like this? What comes to your mind? Can I tell you what came to my mind just now this morning? A wonderful kids show called Bluey where you learn about promises. It's a life stage. I tipped my hand. I've got little kids. But sometimes I don't trust God and his promises because I've experienced people fall through on their own promises. I often relate to God by looking through people. And God says, look at Jesus if you want to see me. Look at the scriptures and experience the Holy Spirit, God himself being poured out on us. We need to see God through who God is. And we need to trust the promises of who God is and is saying to us the invitation of the psalm. God's presence. God is real. God is alive. God is accessible. God is tangible. God is discernible. God is knowable. This is good news. God's promises. God's promises. God is faithful. God is trustworthy. God is at work. God is love, God is giving life, God is long-suffering, and God is patient. We need to make room so that we can encounter the peace and the presence of God. Second Peter 3, 8 through 15 is the New Testament text from today, and I just want to show us and maybe reorient us to the patience of God. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth, and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day and, uh, of God and speed its coming. The day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. All will be right. All will be good and true and holy and pure. And the thing we long for so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. If you read another one of the New Testament letters, 
It says God chose us in Christ Jesus to be pure and holy and blameless and spotless. This is not a religious burden for you to carry. It is a gift from God to be received. We live lives connected to God, experiencing God's presence, experiencing God's promise, and living into the patience of God because the Lord's patience means salvation. The Lord's patience means salvation. Where do you need more of what God can give you in your own life? What part of your story right now does not feel peace-filled or peaceful? Like, I think one of the things God's desiring to do in us is that we wouldn't just settle for, like, Oh, that was a good thought, Kurt. I just, I'm just watching, I'm watching. And God, God, I think just God is like so interested in more than what things look like at the surface. And I'll just be really honest about myself. Like, you, you may just be meeting me for the first time. You may have been around me now for like 16 years, and what I might say right now is going to just shock you. I have a capacity to be worried and anxious and afraid inside and not show it on my outside. And I now know by your stares, I'm the only person in the room And God is patient with me. And yet I know God wants so much more for me. What's the more God wants for you today? That that is where the Holy Spirit is just saying, come. Come receive from me today. I've got peace for you. I have salvation for you. And I'm not just saying like eternal salvation. I'm saying salvation, freedom from the places you're held captive. Freedom from the worries and anxieties and the weight of of just oppression and distress and distraught and loneliness. Like all the things. Salvation is coming. Salvation is coming. What do you need today? The verse in Isaiah connects us to the story of God revealed in Jesus in the New Testament. And in Mark 1, 1 through 8, we get a glimpse into the story of Jesus' birth. And I want to read this to you to set up communion. It says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. The storyline was a longing for something proclaimed and not yet. 
I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Yeah, I don't know that I would have signed up for that. I don't know. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. When we come to communion, we are practicing the presence of God. We are living into the promises of God that maybe we need a rhythm and a reminder to say, do not forget. Are you still waiting? Do you still have need? And I was thinking about this. This is the place where confession and baptism are the practices that birth peace. Confession is where we experience the peace of God and the forgiveness of God, the work of God on the cross. We can confess our sins, and we can confess our sins to one another because all have sinned. When someone confesses sin to you, go, yeah, guess what? Me too. And God's been forgiving sin all along. We need to be a people who will live into the peace of God by practicing confession when we come to communion. Confess your sins to the Lord. There's forgiveness and freedom for you. But then I was thinking about this whole baptism piece. I'm going to just make a plug. If you have never experienced baptism as part of your spiritual faith story, I want to invite you to consider that as a next step today. Because there is something really amazing that happens in in baptism. And there's more. There is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when we come to the table, we can say, Lord, I need more of you. Pour out your Holy Spirit. It is part of the promises of God for us. This life that I think you long to live is not going to be lived in the way you want it lived without the Holy Spirit. God with us. The fruitfulness of our life will not be the fruitfulness of righteousness or love or joy or peace without the Holy Spirit because that is the fruit of the Spirit in us and through us as followers of Jesus. And so as we come to the table today, Ask for more. Ask for more. Make room for God to do more. More forgiveness. More peace. More of God's promises. More of God's presence. More of God's power. We need what only God can give. And communion is an invitation to Jesus Christ and his body crucified. And his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins because he loves you. It's good news. It's good news. Our peace is anchored in God's promises. Our peace is often forged in times of patience. And our peace is found in God's salvation. Let's stand together as a community and we're going to come to the table 
And I just, I just really believe, like, God has been here with us. God is with us now, and I, I just think you need to feel freedom to ask. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for peace. Ask for the Holy Spirit. And if we ask, let's be ready to receive. So God, as we come to the table, we come as a community in need. We come with an incredible hope that you are coming again. And it, it will be the redemption and the, the renewal of all things, a new heaven and a new earth. And yet we come today knowing it's not yet. And so we come needy. We come asking. We come longing for your kingdom. We need your peace, O oh God. And so I pray for a greater freedom in this practice of communion for us to ask things of you, to be honest in your presence, to not have it look one way on the outside and another way on the inside, but to let our, let our life be offered as worship to you through communion by laying it down because you laid down your life for us. So we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, meet us today. We need you. We need you, God. So as a community, let's pray this prayer out loud. I invite you to add your voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's say the bread together. The bread, the body of Christ given for us. And this next one. The cup, the blood of Christ given for us. All who come in faith in Jesus are invited to this table. A table that points to heaven and the table we will share with Jesus. I want you to come and we'll receive the elements, the bread and the cup. And I just think each of us, and maybe with some people you're sitting by, you'll go back to your seats and receive the elements as you're ready. And then we're going to close with a response for some prayer ministry for one another. Come and receive what you need from God this morning.
It's a common practice for us when we get close to the end of our service together. I'll invite you to stand. And uh, you can, but here's, here's what I was realizing today. Some of you might just need to sit and relax. To just feel safe in God's presence and just sit. So you're, you're invited to sit or stand. Whichever you need today. Okay, and that was kind of confusing. Wait, which one am I supposed to do? I don't know. What I'm aware of is we, like, when, when God's presence comes, sometimes it's an invitation to just, and that just might make sense to you today. So if you just need to, like, know it's, like, just God, I, I need you to just meet me, just sit. That's okay. But there's a couple invitations, and some of you might go, actually, I need to stand. Like, I just need to say yes. Like, I just need to, like, say yes to this. And so some of you here today, you just need peace. You need peace, and we want to pray for you. And so if that makes sense, and you would like to have, like, to just receive the peace of God in a new way, just go ahead and stand or sit. I'm just trying to make the point, standing doesn't, isn't what we're trying to generate. Like, we want you to encounter God. Some of you would love more of the Holy Spirit. Like, you just want more of the Holy Spirit. If that makes sense to you, I just think God wants to pour out his presence on your life. And I just had this other thought. Um, I think in order to receive the peace of God, we actually have to know God is safe. And the thing that I just felt like is, is God is just remarkably patient. And so you've maybe been wanting things to change. You've wanted things to be different. And your, your thought is like, God, where are you? Why are you not fill in the blank? And I just think God is just being very patient. And I think we should just say, God, I need you. Like, I think God wants to be invited in, and it's God's presence first. And if that just makes sense to you today, 
I just think you need to feel permission to welcome God close and not be so like outcome oriented because I just think God is going to be very patient in a way it's hard for me to understand. So the scriptures say, the Lord's patience and slowness is like contrary to what I think. And so God, we just, we just need you to do a little more. We actually, yeah, maybe some of us actually need you to do a little bit more today. And I just know my heart is that you would do more. I would love for you and your presence to be knowable and discernible. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. We need what only you can give. And so for anyone who's needing peace, um, we just ask for it to come. We ask for it to come. For anyone who would love more of your presence in their life, the God, the Holy Spirit, your promise to us, you actually with us, we just say pour that out. Pour that out. I just, I just get this, this image in my mind as I'm, as, as I'm closing, which is the, the tension inside of me. It's like, I want to know that God is here. I want to know that God's meeting you. And even for me, it's like, I want to be able to see it. And so there's some like energy or life-giving reality to that. And yet I see this picture of a mountain lake that is utter peace. It is the most still there's probably a cool breeze. It is just complete beauty. And it's quiet. And so as we close, I bless you to know a God that is so near that you can hear the still, small voice of God that is gentle, that is the kind of shepherd that would pick up the tender lamb, and hold it close to know that you are safe. And that image that is just complete and utter beauty, the God who knows how to create all of that and created you, wants to be near you and wants to give you his very peace. And so God, we long for what only you can give and we bless your people to receive peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.